Hello, and welcome to the Development Debrief with Katherine Van Zippel, the stories-based podcast that interviews professionals, donors, and thought leaders in the field of fundraising. Hello, my name is Erin. I'm one of hundreds of subscribers to the Debrief, a debriefer, if you will. A few weeks ago, I found myself thinking, I can't believe one person built this podcast that I've shared with fundraisers, friends, and donors. And then I found myself asking, how can I help? Maybe you've asked this question too. Become a supporter of The Debrief by contributing $1 or even $10 a month. Your contribution will help sustain future episodes. Do you remember what it was like when you were first starting your career? Whether it was in development or in another space, or you were trying to move from another industry to development. I remember the first applications I sent out, not being sure what to write in my cover letter, and starting to try and network and build my own community of professionals. Today, we hear it fresh from Michelle Ripka, who just graduated from a master's program. I thought it would be fun for us to reflect on that time of our careers that we've all had, and to think about how we can continue to build a diverse pipeline of talented professionals. Michelle Ripka is a recent graduate of the University of Michigan, where she earned her master's degree in business management from the Ross School of Business and a bachelor's degree in violin performance while studying performing arts management and entrepreneurship at the School of Music, Theater, and Dance. Michelle's arts administration experience ranges from working at the Excel, Excellence in Entrepreneurship Career Empowerment and Leadership Lab as an assistant program coordinator, to working as a liaison at the Sphinx organization at venues such as Carnegie Hall and the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. Throughout her collegiate experience, Michelle has held leadership positions in organizations, including the University Musical Society Student Committee, where she was vice president of membership, and Sigma Alpha Iota, professional women's music fraternity, where she was president. Prior to being elected president of SAI, Michelle served her chapter as Director of Fundraising, Professional Development, and Marketing. As a solo and chamber violinist, Michelle has enjoyed performing several times at venues such as Carnegie Hall, Lincoln Center, and the United Nations. Michelle is currently working as the Development Assistant at the University of Michigan Office of University Development, focusing on student philanthropy efforts, and is looking forward to continuing her career in client relations. Now let's get started. Michelle, welcome to the Development Debrief. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. How, how has life been post-grad in the last month? It's uh, definitely been interesting just adjusting to moving back home in New York and looking for a job, but school was incredible and I learned so many things at Ross. So I'm really just hoping to use that knowledge and my previous experiences to help me move forward with my career. Just to back up and let everyone know, which I didn't say, congratulations on completing your master's in management at the Ross School of Business, which is at University of Michigan. How was doing this virtually? A lot of it was in a hybrid format. So contingent upon if the professor wanted it to be or like felt like they were comfortable holding some of it in person, we would be able to attend and opt in if we wanted to. Personally, I was in Ann Arbor on campus just because personally, I feel like I learned better being in an atmosphere surrounded by my colleagues and peers. So um, that was 
it, it wasn't that bad of an adjustment. And I know everyone was kind of going through this situation and working through being virtual together. So there was some solace in that, but I would try to go in person as much as I could. And I was really fortunate that my apartment was right across the street from the school of business from Ross. Uh, so I would kind of just look out the window and envision myself, visualize myself being in a classroom there. Oh my um, gosh. If I couldn't actually be there in person, we got through it. Um, it was definitely a new experience, but um, very happy that I was able to get through it. Did you have other classmates that took up apartments or was that? A good amount of our class was currently in Ann Arbor uh, while okay. class was going on. Um, unfortunately, a lot of international students weren't able to be there um, because of the travel limitations. But um, I think for the most part, if people could be in Ann Arbor, they wanted to be. So that was really nice. Yeah, that's that's a really smart way to cope. And I remember last fall, some Columbia students were talking about just coming to the area. And it's just so interesting that you could even be online, but just being in that space that that impacts your ability to study and engage. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, I heard that sports players would sometimes visualize themselves before a game or something, you know, to have the best performance. So I really do think that just kind of like getting yourself in that mental atmosphere of being ready to learn and, you know, in a space that you feel like your mind is open to learning is just is really important. Yeah. yeah. Well, so today we're going to be talking about a prospective career in development, although I shouldn't say that because you have development experience, but you've decided that you want to work in our industry, which is so exciting. And I wanted to bring you on because I wanted people in our field to hear from that perspective and to remember what it felt like being in those early years of a, an amazing career. Did you enroll in the program knowing that you wanted to have a career in fundraising? Yeah, so I actually graduated from the University of Michigan uh, with a degree in violin performance. And I also studied arts management in May of 2020. And after I graduated, I was headed on a path to do development, specifically individual giving or major gifts for a nonprofit or academic institution that I felt uh, really aligned with my values. Um, unfortunately, with the pandemic fiscal situation, um, I realized that there was there were lots of hiring freezes and nonprofits were taking a huge hit. So ultimately, I decided to go back to school and I figured that this program at Ross, um, it's called a Master's of Management uh, in Business Management, um, would give me a really great background business knowledge of kind of business fundamentals to have a wider breadth of options to do post-graduation from the program. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely knew that I was interested in development before I enrolled. And I think I found my path of development in undergrad. Um, I remember my sophomore year of school, I took this incredible class uh, with a very dear mentor of mine, Aaron Dworkin, founder of the Sphinx organization and MacArthur Fellow. He's incredible. Um, But we had this three hour lecture class once a week. And each week he would bring in a different arts professional to talk about their field and how they got to their path and like what they're currently doing. And we would get to debrief as a class and ask them questions. Um, And this really started opening up my options to for me to see development as a career path, because I didn't even know that something like this existed. All I knew is that I love talking to people 
I love building these personable connections and forming these relationships. Um, but I didn't know that there was a career for that. And so um, that was so exciting to me. And yeah, I, I saw this program kind of as an outlet to uh, learn more just about business in general um, and still be able to use these transferable skills of development, why I love it so much, because like, like I was saying, like, I love cultivating these relationships and building connections as like a way to kind of hone in on those skill sets and learn even more from the program. So, yeah. And just to ask a, a basic question, what is the main difference between master's in management and MBA? Yeah. So I would say the master's of management is kind of a mix of what a BBA, like a business undergrad and an MBA would do. Um, it is a year long program, like 10 months actually. So um, everything is like more accelerated, but I would say it's just like a more condensed program where we're kind of getting like a, just a wider knowledge on each of these like different business fields, like finance, accounting, business communications, stuff like that. Of course, understanding business is important, especially if you want to be at the helm of an organization or, you know, I know the EVP at Columbia has an MBA, our number two has an MBA. So, you know, that's not hard to envision, but I wonder if now that you've gone through the program, you saw relations between your learnings in class and your experiences in development thus far. Yeah, um, I definitely did. In particular, um, I had a business communications class that I took as an elective called positive communication. And it was all about how the importance of how you communicate with other people is really important in any aspect of business, for-profit, non-profit, personal life, um, really anything. So um, I would definitely say that like they're uh, it was like interrelated in that sense, more so of that in the communication aspect and then the more technical like finance or accounting or something um, where that's like a more, I guess, niche skill set uh, that you would use like in doing those fields. But um, yeah, it was definitely really interesting to see how the importance of communication can really play into like any field. The longer I'm in the industry, I realize how important communications are and how mm -hmm. I think actually we need to have a more clear blend between like frontline fundraising and communications. And there's actually another episode this season uh, exploring that. So it's, it's fun to hear you say that. So tell us yeah. about your, your internship at Carnegie Hall in the summer of 19. I want to hear about that. Yeah. So I actually was applying for an internship and at Carnegie, they have uh, eight different uh, sections of development, like corporate relations or individual giving, special events, et cetera. And at that time, I wasn't sure exactly where in development I wanted to be. And they'll typically place the interns into one of those departments. So I had a call with the chief of development, Susan Brady, and um, I asked her if she had her own intern. And she thought that was an interesting question because no one had asked that before. But she said she'd let me know and get back to me. And it just worked out really well that her full-time executive assistant was going on leave from May to August, which is when I was looking for an internship. Wow. Um, so I became Perfect. her full-time. Yeah, it, the timing was really great for me. And yeah, so I, I was her full-time executive assistant uh, for that time period. And it was absolutely incredible. I learned so much from her and working at Carnegie with that team. And I even got to like ask 
the other development directors a bit of perspective, just like I would ask them to interview them mm -hmm. um, about their pathways and uh, how they got started and advice for me. So yeah, I really think that being in that position opened my eyes to so many aspects of development. Um, and it was just like incredible being there. Was that the result of a cold call? Well, not exactly. So I had a call with her through a connection of mine who had emailed or had like connected me just saying that uh, they thought that Carnegie would be a great place for me to work, especially if I'm in development. So we had that call just to kind of uh, figure out what my interests might be. And it just led to that. So that was really so, exciting. So definitely though, you use your network. For sure. Happen, which is exciting. Yeah, definitely. I think it went through like a stream of three or four people uh, to mm -hmm. get to her. So definitely networking was the key there. Yeah. And so I know you had kind of mentioned this earlier, but for people who are listening, you're from the New York area and you have a music background. So this was a perfect blend of those two things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really wanted to be in New York. And as a violinist, um, I'm super passionate about the arts in general. So um, yeah, it was wonderful, especially growing up in New York and being able to go to the hall and hear concerts right. and hear Yitzhak Perlman or Emmanuel Axe, Joshua Bell perform. Um, it was just super exciting to be doing the behind the scenes, which was super exhilarating for me. Okay. First of all, do you think that you want to go into culture and art? Yeah. So I think I'm really open right now. Um, my primary goal is to have a client facing role or eventually have a client facing role where I can build these connections and relationships with patrons or donors or clients on the for-profit end, non-profit end. Um, I am pretty open in that regard. I think as long as it's an institution whose values are somewhat aligned with mine, I'd be, I'd feel like I'm uh, living a meaningful life and really like serving a purpose there um, and helping to contribute to something bigger than me. So pretty open. What, what were you most surprised by that you learned when you were at Carnegie Hall? I don't know if I was surprised by it, but it was just so enforced there, um, managing up and like mm -hmm. how important that is. Um, especially when you're, you were someone like me who is, you know, in an assistant role. Um, it's all about making sure the top people get to what they need, like whatever they need, like briefing reports or uh, solicitation letters or acknowledgements you make a draft and then you send it to them. They'll read it through and approve it and they'll send it um, from their account or something like that. So, and that was really in every aspect of the hall, which I think is so important because it's like a well-oiled machine when you have a team that's willing to prioritize what needs to happen and know that um, certain people have this function in their role. And then it just like makes it work much more smoothly. Yeah. So especially with you working with the chief of development, you probably saw a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. That was really cool to have things coming in from uh, different areas like corporate relations and sponsorships or stuff from individual giving or govern government relations. And they're like all so different, but like really ultimately so similar. And it's so intriguing to me that you have the violin background because there have been a bevy of guests on this podcast who were performers previously. And I just, I want to continue to explore that. I think it is so fascinating. What do you think 
the parallels are between music performance and development? I think that they do align really well together. And even just from my own experiences, um, having informational interviews or networking calls uh, with various people who are in development roles, um, a lot of them have degrees in music or, or perform music um, as like on the side. And it's really interesting to see how interconnected they are. But I think being a performer, uh, you need to know how to present yourself and talk about your art. And I think that's especially true when uh, you're a freelance musician, because if you're not able to kind of show the world how important your music is and your or your art and talk about the importance of that and, and like why people need it, I think it's going to be hard to be successful. So I think in development, some act interactions might be like a performance in the sense that you have to explain what your organization or institution is doing and why a donor support is vital for your organization being able to prosper. So I think maybe in that essence, it might be interconnected, but it's definitely interesting to think about uh, the relation with a lot of arts backgrounds and development. Yeah, so I know you've mentioned the relationship building that's attractive and you know a couple other things that make you very excited, but I just wanna still ask you again, like what it is that attracts you to our industry because you know, we, we need to continue to build and grow a strong pipeline of talent for our industry writ large. And so I think understanding what's attracting you would be helpful for people to hear. When I was saying before uh, in sophomore year of undergrad, uh, I was kind of getting my feet wet in development or just in arts administration as a whole. Um, I was thinking maybe artistic planning or, you know, just kind of thinking about all these options because it was so new to me. I didn't even know it existed until that class really. But I started um, setting up these networking calls with professionals in development and other fields. Um, And I just realized the community of people, I think in this industry um, are really so willing to help and like they're willing to help you learn and they're so passionate about what they do. And -hmm. I think that was really a big driving factor for me because not everyone can say that they're passionate about their job or they feel like they, this is like some type of purpose or they love what they do. But I think those two things really like drew me to development because I spoke to some people in other fields who maybe it just seemed like they could really care less about connecting me Mm. to someone or like helping me find what I was looking for or just helping me learn. And I'm, I'm really eager to learn. And I think that in development, you know, everyone kind of came, comes from different paths also. So that's really interesting to have this um, diverse background of so many people from like different areas, because for a lot of people, development isn't a straight shot path. So yeah, I think that um, they're just, they're really friendly and it's in their nature because maybe like, you know, when you're talking to clients, like you form relationships with these people. So maybe it's that um, they're just, they like forming relationships with people in general. Yeah. I've noticed just that everyone is really helpful and willing to help, which is really nice. That has been my experience as well in the work and also in this podcast, the generosity of time and the willingness and the passion. So I totally agree. But on top of that, do you find that you've had the tools or the access to kind of learn what you need to kind of break into the industry? Yeah, I think that um, I've kind of navigated that a bit myself 
but also a lot of help like most of it has been really through my mentors um and like through speaking to them and forming relationships with uh professors of mine or other people who are at Michigan and ultimately them becoming mentors to me. I've been so fortunate to be able to have those relationships with those people. Um, and they've really helped guide me and tell me, well, start setting up phone calls with people, start expanding mm -hmm. your network, or just like, I've, I've learned so much just from listening to their stories. A, a couple of them have books about their lives or books about their policies when they were in a certain role. And I've learned so much through that. So I think that learning from these other experiences and also navigating it kind of on my own with making my own network and like putting myself out there has really been um, a really key tool in learning about development. Such an important part of this work is curiosity. So to hear you say that you're going that extra step to read the person's book or to research, or like you said, to build your own network, which is something that probably does start, you know, in high school, college, and then grows and grows for the rest of your life. For me that I might, might, might be in like the minority of it where I knew from like kind of the start of my college career that I wanted to do development. Cause I've heard that like a lot of people just, it kind of finds them or they fall into it and they end yeah. up loving it. So um, yeah, it's definitely interesting and really cool. More schools and universities are forming programs um, related to uh, the business side of like doing music or other fields or nonprofit education that that's kind of sparking this interest also mm -hmm. and I know at the University of Michigan um, at the School of Music Theater and Dance there's something called the Excel Lab which I actually worked at for a couple of years um, but they're more or less a career center uh, for students in the School of Music Theater and Dance and they offer a lot of courses on stuff that could kind of spark an interest in development, like a grant writing course or hmm. courses like arts leadership forums and stuff like that. So it's definitely interesting that um, that's able to, you know, become more prominent. So where do you see yourself in five years? Ultimately, I would just like what I was saying before, I would love to have a client facing role and I love talking to people building those connections so having like that type of communicative role whether it be on the for-profit or non-profit side is something that's really important to me and um, i'm hoping that i'll be able to find my path to that well i'm excited to hear how this goes if there's anything i've learned it's that you make your plans and then it ends up going the other way but sometimes <laughs> that's for better um, Definitely it's in some ways fun to go through the process, but I also have empathy in knowing that it can also be very stressful to start your career. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it, it works out in the end. So I'm just excited for this journey and to see where it takes me. Yeah, well, you're going to have to keep in touch with us. And I would love to end with my signature question for you, Michelle, which is what do you know for sure? if you're willing to learn, you're going to be successful. And I think that could be said for any field because people love people who are willing to learn or eager to learn. And, you know, that like this want to learn and want to like strive for something better, go above the bare minimum, like kind of creates a culture for innovation. And without innovation, 
we're kind of just stagnant and we're not going up or like we're not uh, improving or growing. So um, yeah, I think that uh, being eager to learn and finding your passions and that might help with that really enables growth. Well, I thank you for talking to us about your journey and I wish you the best of luck. I think you have a bright future ahead. Thank you so much, Catherine. I appreciate it.